welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 200. In 24, a trumpet caller playing lesson with Mark Sharp, and I am your host, and the guy who did not get it done this past weekend, and also the guy that sounds like his voice is changing, like he finally hit puberty. <laughs> so, and I'll tell you a little bit more about what I'm talking about by not getting it done this past weekend, but right now we are 30 days. I'm going to say it again because I like hearing it. 30 days, 9 hours, 16 minutes, and 19 seconds away from opening day of spring turkey season in Alabama. And so I mentioned to you guys that I did not get it done this weekend. And what I'm talking about is I did not kill a deer. And it's probably the first season in over 30 years that I have not killed a deer. But I'm okay with it. I'm not going to try to jump out of the window of my one-story office building to end it all because of my depression of not killing a deer because I took my dad over to my property in Chilton County, south of Birmingham, Saturday afternoon, and he killed a 10-point. And that kept his streak of 30-plus years of killing a deer alive. And he was fired up as well. And that was enough for me. I didn't need to kill a deer. Plus, I've got the deer meat from his deer. At the processor right now. So, all is well in my world. Pops was happy. I'm happy. Everybody happy. And speaking of weekends, you know this weekend is the NWTF convention in Nashville. If you plan on being there, I would love to meet you. Shake your hand. Or for you ladies who listen to the show, give you a hug. And I'm Italian. I give good hugs. I'm just playing around. I'm not being creepy here. Um, That's a joke. So, Any of you ladies who listen to the show, I'd love to shake your hand as well, unless you want a hug, and then I'll give you one of those. So here's how to make it happen. Send me a text message at 205-201-1448. That's 205-201-1448. Tell me who you are and how long you're going to be at the show. Then we'll make it happen. You know, I have some pretty busy days planned, but I will definitely make a few minutes to catch up with you at some point. So just do me a favor, though. Don't wait until an hour or two before you're going to be leaving the show because I may be in a seminar or in an interview and may not be able to catch you before you leave. So 
let's do this. I look forward to meeting you, and please travel safely getting to and from the show. I think there's supposed to be some rain off and on throughout the weekend, so put on your patient cap while you're playing in traffic. Today I have Mark Sharp on the show again to help me with my trumpet calling. I called Mark to help me because he makes wing bones and yelpers, and because he knows how to play them very well, and because he's just a heck of a nice guy. I think that if you really want to know how to play a certain type of collar well, then have someone who makes that type of collar or competitively plays that type of collar teach you and coach you through the correct way to play it. Basically, I just recommend that we don't take calling lessons from someone who sounds like a goose on any turkey collar. I think it was a couple of weeks ago that I told you guys that I've been practicing my trumpet calling and I felt like I was almost there. I was, and still am to some extent, struggling with consistency. One series of yelps sounds great, and the next series of yelps sounds like a dog swallowed an actual trumpet and is trying to cough it up. My original calling lessons from someone last year with the trumpet were very brief. I mean very brief. And I didn't ask very many questions of that person because of time constraints for both that person and me. So I had questions that I needed answers to, and I knew that Mark would be the person for me to call to get some answers to my questions. And I thought, okay, why not record this conversation and see if there's enough information to make a show out of it? Well, an hour into my phone call with Mark, I felt like I needed to make a show out of this call with him. Now, I don't want you to think that it's a call about playing trumpets, wing bones, and yelpers only. If you have no interest in learning to play those instruments, then there are still a ton of takeaways from this conversation with Mark that we all can benefit from. So periodically during the interview with him, ask yourself, how can that tip or tidbit of information help me be a better caller of wild turkeys with a box, with a diaphragm, with a pot and peg? Because there are a lot of takeaways for us to become better callers of wild turkeys with these tips that we get from Mark. All right, I'm through talking for right now. So here's Mark Sharp with a trumpet collar playing lesson, or should I say a turkey collar playing lesson, and I'll see you guys on the other side. Hey guys, I am glad to tell you that I have Mark Sharp on the line with me tonight, and I've called Mark because I'm having some issues, and I'm Well, there's no hopeful to it. I know Mark can help me get over my issues here. (laughs) You guys may remember Mark from when I had him on the show to dissect a wing bone call. And then Mark is also one of the gentlemen that put on the Unicoi Turkey Call Maker show up at the Unicoi State Park in Helen, Georgia every January. And Mark, one unique thing about Mark, at least in my mind, is that I don't believe there is a type of turkey call that he cannot play and play well. And so I'm having some issues just with my consistency on a trumpet call that I have. And I figure out of everybody that I know, I'm going to call Mark and get, see if Mark can take some time and and give me some pointers to maybe help me to get to where I can sound a little bit better on this thing. So I'm going to say this and then I'm going to say, hello, Mark. But what I'm going to say is Mark and everyone listening to the show 
you guys are sure to get some laughs out of me trying to play this trumpet call. But this is something that I am making a point this year to kill a turkey, to call in and kill a turkey. Either me pulled the trigger or a hunting buddy pulled the trigger using a trumpet. And I've made my mind up. And if I don't kill a turkey this year, it might be because I can't work the trumpet call. <laughs> but I'm, we're going to figure this thing out. So, Mark, hello. I hope you're doing well. How's everything been going with you? Hey, Andy, man, everything's been going good for me. And I hope the same for you. You know, recuperating after Unicoi and, and, you know, trying to get out here and build a few calls and all that. I understand your frustration. Whenever I first started trying to play trumpet calls, I went through some of the same, very same things. And we'll just, you know, you, you just let me know what you need to ask, and I'll see if I can answer the questions for you. I might not be the best one to answer, but I'll darn sure give it my best shot. All right. So, like I said, really, I kind of think my biggest issue that I'm having is consistency with it because I can put the call to my mouth and run it one series of yelps, and I think, holy cow, every turkey around is going to run over himself to get to me. And then I can pull the call away, and I can put it back to my mouth and run it and can't even hardly make it make a sound at all. And so I, I know... I'm probably doing something, but I'm hoping you can get me get me going on it. And if you want me to play some, I'll play some. You just say when. But yeah, what okay. what have what's the key in being consistent using a trumpet or a wing bone for that matter? Because I would imagine the consistency is going to be about the same no matter which one of those instruments you're playing, isn't it? Well, you know, Andy, I I have people ask me all the time which is the easiest to play a trumpet, wing bone, or a yelp. Well, you know, really and truly, the basics are all the same. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Yeah, the mouthpiece shape's a little bit different. You know, you 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 got a wing bone. A lot of times, it's got a a flat top on it with a with a rounded bottom. You can't say that that is the deciding factor because I know guys, two guys in particular, that build a a man-made material or or whatever. You know that that has a mouthpiece that's shaped like a wing bone. You know it's flat on top and it's flat on the bottom. Some people can play those a little bit better. A lot of people play a, a cylindrical round mouthpiece better. Some people play a tapered one better, and you even get into whether or not that mouthpiece has an angle cut on the end or not. Well, I won't go into the angle part of it. You know, everybody's got a different opinion on that. What I will say is, Andy, that one of the most important things that I have found is lip stop adjustment and the way that that lip stop is made. Now, I can't play one near as well that has a flat lip stop. I want mine rolled just a little bit with a little, you know, it's rounded off mm -hmm. and rolled on the edge of it. Now, okay. and another thing that I looked for, like I said, was lip stop adjustment. That That is one of the most important factors of playing any call. Now, you can shove that thing down to its three-eighths of an inch. You're not going to get a good sound out of it. And, and bear in mind that everybody's lips are different. Mm -hmm. Now, my little wife can play 
a an air operated call, whether it be wingbone, trumpet, yelp, or whatever, she plays her lip stop just about an eighth of an inch down from the end of that mouthpiece. Wow. I can't play one there. Yeah, I get good clucks on it, but whenever it's time for a yelp, you seem to break your seal on that yelp. So, you know, each call is going to be different. And, Andy, I find, too, that the smaller the mouthpiece is, the further I have to run that lip stop down. Now, let's take into consideration, too, that sometimes, you know, I I play calls probably 350 days a year here in this shop. Mm -hmm. Some days I'm on some days I'm off. You know, sometimes your mouth is dry, your lips are dry. So it all makes a difference whenever you play those calls. But one thing that I'd like to say, too, is whenever you play that call, and and a lot of people just sit there and pop, 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 pop. You know, they're, they're not really making yelps. Right. In order to get that full yelp, you need to bring that air all the way to the back of your throat. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have, you know, so you got to bring that air all the way to the back of your throat. You know, a lot of people just sit there and pop, 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 pop. Right. Well, that's not a yelp. You know, you don't hear the rollover in that call. So, yeah, you know. That, that was, when I, when I got this call, last year that was one of the things that i was doing and that's one of the reasons why i never even took it out i did take it in the woods with me but i never really used it is because it wasn't a yelp that i was making it was kind of like a series of clucks right you know that that when i piece it all together would have been like a series of yelps is supposed to be and so i just kind of got to that point to where i could get to i i guess i should say I just got to that point where I realized that to get that rollover, that break in that yelp, you do have to pull in a lot more air than what I was thinking you needed to pull in. Well, you know, Andy, a lot of people think that, and it took me, it was an epiphany for me, whenever I first started playing one, I thought I sounded pretty good. But, you know, I I talked to a guy and he kept telling me softer 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 and i said got it that gum this call plays as soft as anything i've ever played he and he kept reiterating softer and it was like a light bulb went off in my head you know it's not the amount of air that you draw into it you know you just want to be consistent and 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 it's a lot of practice as to how soft you want to play this call now you know i I think i might have told you before I spent about 10 or 12 years living in a camper out on the road in my, in my work. And I would sit around at night and just see just how soft I could play this call, you know. And, and that's what I said. This guy kept telling me softer. And I used the same thing that 90% of the other guys say that, hey, man, this call plays easy. Well, it's not about easy. It's how easy you play the call, you know. Right. So, you know, there's a big difference in in how much air you can suck through it. I mean, you know, you can play this joker hard enough to suck skeeters through the end of it if you want to. <laughs> but that that's not what makes that turkey sound, you know. Right. And the modulation with your hands has a lot to do with it. 
I mean, whenever I want to get really quiet, I play a call one-handed, you know. And I know a lot of people play them with the right hand. I play mine with my left hand because generally my gun, I shoot right-handed. My gun's up to my shoulder. It's sitting on my right knee over here. I'm sitting there balled up, and I got to call with my left hand, you know. And I'm making little seductive hand yelps with it and little whines and clucks. And, you know, I'll hold that call in my hand right up to I pull the trigger on it. Yeah. Can you purr on one? No. You know, I have people ask me all the time, can I purr on one? Can I gobble on one? And, you know, I can't purr on one. I, I can whine on one. Mm-hmm. But to me, there are so many better calls out there to make a purr. I mean, I've heard guys that do purrs on trumpet calls, and to me, they do not sound like a contented turkey call. They sound more as an aggressive call. Now, as far as the gobble on one, hey, every once in a while, I can roll off the most beautiful gobble that you've ever heard, but that's not something that I'm going to do in the woods, you know. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you call me up and ask me, well, okay, can you gobble on one? And generally what I do then is I go into a cut and cackle, which I very seldom do in the woods, and then I fall into a gobble, you know, because of the excitement of it. But that's not a call that I use in the woods because, there again, I think that there are other calls that make that sound a lot better than what a trumpet call makes, you know. Yeah, okay. All right, so... Give me some tips on the lip stop adjustment. What would you say just on average when you're showing somebody how to work a call? I know it's got a lot to do with the diameter of the opening and whatever else, but what would you say is a good starting point for the average person? About five sixteenths. That's generally a quarter to five sixteenths is generally about where I start. And whenever I do that, I'll set that call to there, and then the sound that I want to hear is mm-hmm. whenever I hear that clear whine like that, then I generally know that I've got my lip stop adjusted to where it needs to be because if i got it up too high, I'm not going to get that good whine to it. If I've got it down too far, then I'll spend a lot of time hunting that, and whenever I draw through the call, all I'm getting is air through it. You know, you get it too far down, all you get is air. You get it too far up, you're not going to get that good, clear wine to it. Mm. And so that wine, that first clear wine that you get, that is the is the beginning of your yelp, you know. Right. And like okay. I said, a lot of it makes a difference as to how, what it, what the profile of that top is on that call you know you got one that's ground off flat it doesn't feel good up against your lips i mean and everybody's different you know let let me say that everybody's different everybody's lips are are shaped different some's got thin lips some's got full lips some's got medium lips and that's the reason that lip stop is so crucial to people so like i said my wife she can run one up with a quarter of an inch, and I got a good buddy that's, uh, you know, he's a grand national champion. He can run one right up there to an eighth of an inch, and that just had never been me. So you just have to play with that and find out you want that good, clear run in. That's what you want to start your yup off with. Okay. 
Are you getting that break or that rollover in your yelp by dropping your, your tongue back or putting your tongue up closer to the opening in that call? Well, I'll tell you what I told another guy one time. He said, how are you getting that rasp by that call? I said, I really don't know. I said, I, he said, are you concentrating on the front end of that, on the very end of that mouthpiece or, or what? I said, you know, I really don't know. I just play the call. I just try to draw that air all the way back. And it's all done in really in the back of your throat, you know. Mm-hmm. I, it's not that I'm dropping my jaw, you know. I mean, I I know like a mouth call, you got to drop your jaw to get that e-hawk out of there. But you know, and, and I'm I'm probably not the best. I mean, I've I've heard guys that, you know, Mark Pruden, for instance. I mean, that guy is super on one. And Mark plays one a whole different style. He and Zach Farmer both than what I do. But, you know, I, I just want to hear that turkey sound. And I think one of the things is that a, got, a lot of guys just draw way too much air into a call. They haven't spent enough time to to learn the dynamics of the call. I mean, this little call right here, and I'm not going to say whose it is. Uh, you know, this guy, uh, as far as I know, is no longer making trumpets. He was an excellent trumpet maker. But, you know, I've got a four or five of his calls, but you know, I mean, this guy, he, he, and one of the things that most trumpet makers will tell you is, you know, I understand that a big, large portion of the population is not going to be able to be able to play my call. He said, because I build them the way that I play them, you know? And so a lot of times when you get into custom calls, what you get is, is a call that is designed to be played the way that the guy that made it played it. I mean, when, this call right here I've got in my hands. Whenever I first got it, I thought, you know what, I know if I can play this call or not. Well, you got to learn to play the call the way the guy that built the call plays one. And that's one of the key parts of playing an error-operated call. You know, I mean, this call plays super easy. about air control you know like i said i I spent a lot of years in that camper i'd sit around there with my eyes closed and one of the things that i see that that a lot of guys come up is they want to get into cutting and cackling whistling dixie on one well you know a trumpet call is made to yelp cluck cut cackle whatever a guy wants to do and like I said, some people can get furs and some people can get gobbles out of them. But, you know, to me, one of the two most important sounds that a turkey makes is a yelp and a cluck. And so, you know, I would encourage anybody 
to before they start whistling Dixie on one, it's just to sit there and to learn that yelp and that cluck. I mean, you know. Right. That cluck has probably killed more turkeys than any other call put together, you know. But, uh, you know, and, and, and with these calls, a lot of people say, well, how about build me a gobbler yelp? You know, oh, I want one that sounds like a jake. I want one that sounds like a young hen. I want one that sounds like an old hen. Well, you know, that old hen is probably the most, how do I want to say this? If you ask anybody what an old hen sounds like, if you ask 100 people, you get 100 different answers. Right. So, And, you know, if you tell somebody, well, I want one tuned to an old hen, generally what you're going to get is a gobbler call. And, you know, I tell people all the time that, you know, you need to learn to play the call that you have to achieve all those sounds. You know, a lot of it's to do with the modulation of your hands. Like I stated earlier, whenever I want to call softly, I'll play one one handed. I mean, it just. If I want to get a little bit louder and a little bit deeper sound, I'll take my other hand and put it over there and make me a good sound chamber. And if I want to go to a gobbler yelp, I'm going to slow that yelp down and drag that note out with that big sound chamber. So a lot of it's just getting to learn how to play your call. And, you know, so, and, and I get asked questions all the time, like I said earlier about, well, how does a yelper play different than a wing bone or a trumpet call? You know, you know, you got a new guy over here, he's got a trumpet, he's wanting a wing bone. And he says, well, how much different does that wing bone play? Well, I mean, the mechanics of it's all the same, you know, you got a hole from one end to the other mm-hmm. and a lot of it's just how the guy has built the call what size bones he's used to build build the call with and one of the things that i find too like with the hen bone is most people have a tendency to really overplay them so you know here here's a little hen bone There again, whenever I get ready to get soft and quiet, I go to a one-handed method and mm-hmm. cut my sound chamber down. They're they're all basically the same thing. I mean, you know, they're derived from the same instrument, just built out of different substances. Here, here's one of the reed callers that I have. You know, this particular one is a bamboo yelper, which I don't get a whole lot of bamboo, but, you know, my cane yelpers, my cane yelpers I, I do all the time. 
And, you know, they, I, I've got a consistent mouthpiece. I've got a consistent center section. My bell's a little different on the bamboo than what it is on the cane. But, you know, I mean, they all going to play. They're all going to play the same. It, it's just a lot of practice. And I, I'll say right now that, you know, if you want a good sounding air operated call, you need to pick out a guy that's been building calls for several years that, that knows how to play one. A lot of these people that, that get into the air operated trumpets and wing bones and yelpers and all, you know, I mean, uh, a lot of them are still searching for a sound. And that can be real detrimental to a guy like yourself that just picks up one at a show or or through a mail order catalog. You know, you want to build, you want to get one from a guy that 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 knows how to play one. You know, and that's one of my biggest things is you know you see rising stars coming and not saying that that one day eventually that they won't build a good call, but. You know, they're not quite there right now. I mean, you got guys that's been building these calls for 50 years, guys that's been building them for a year. So I've been playing these calls for about 17, 18 years. So, and, you know, I didn't start building wing bones until 2011. So, but, you know, and I have people ask me, well, why did it take you so long to start building one? And I laugh and joke and tell them, well, I find this site decided what one's supposed to sound like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a big learning curve in them, and, and no, a lot of people look at them as a magical call. They're, they're no more magical than a good-sounding box, a good-sounding pot, a good-sounding scratch box or a tube call, you know. It's just something different that maybe a lot of turkeys haven't heard in your neck of the woods. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think for me, it's kind of the challenge. Well, it takes me back to when I was learning how to run a diaphragm call. And <laughs> yeah. I was too shy and embarrassed to even run one in front of somebody in the woods. Right. Too shy and embarrassed to even run one in front of a turkey. But I was determined to learn yeah. how to play one because I felt like I needed to know it because in those close situations and I need to make some sort of some sort of a turkey sound that's going to be the best way for me to do it without moving my body right so and I I don't necessarily have to know how to play a trumpet to kill turkeys because lord knows I've killed close to a hundred of them without without knowing how to play one but Mm -hmm. it's adding that new challenge that new element and it gives me a little bit a little bit of a level of even more excitement about the season to be able to, to, you know, I'm, I want, I'm not going to say master this because I haven't mastered any of the calls. I'm good enough with several of them. And that's really all I feel like I need to be. You will never see me in a calling competition because first off, I don't have the ear for it. Secondly, I, I think my wife would leave me if I ran a call around the house all the time, get to get good enough to, to, even compete in a calling contest, but I don't need to be that good. I need to be proficient and consistent. And well, 
you know, that for me, the that's, I guess, running the trumpet or learning to run the trumpet is that new added little challenge as if I really need one, as if the turkey's not enough. Right, right. Well, so, just read an article, and I don't know when it published it. You know, it's an interview in Reader's Digest with Jesse Martin. Mm-hmm. Jesse stated that he practiced three hours a day. You know, I see a lot of these guys on the forums and all the S that, that two weeks before the season comes in, you know, they'll comment, well, I broke out the old trumpet call there and going to do a little practice. Mm. Well, okay, you got Jesse Martin over here that's calling on Grand National Scheme. <laughs> you got a lot of your average hunters over here that are breaking this call out two weeks before the season comes in. How proficient do you think that you're going to be with maybe, let's just say, two weeks before and you practice with it five or ten minutes, you know, every day? That's 14 days, 10 minutes. That's 140 minutes. You know, that's a little over, what, two hours? Two hours yeah. and 20 minutes? Yeah. So how, how good do you expect yourself to be? You know, any turkey call takes time. I mean, like like I told you a while ago, whenever I got this call, whenever I first played it, I said, you know, I'm uh, not real sure about this call. It don't play the way that some of my other ones do. But it boils down to the fact that you need to learn to play that call the way that the guy that designed and built that call plays it. I mean, all these guys have got all kinds of different internals, you know. Okay, we got one with a big flared end over here that's pretty opened up. It goes up certain ways in there. And then he's got a parallel down through there. And then he nicks it down to a 332nd hole in there. And you got another guy that's building one out of Delrin over here. And he's sitting here drilling that thing, you know, a 16th at the time that says, this call's not quite there. I'm not getting exactly what I want out of that call. You see where I'm going to, you got so many different call makers over there that have so many different ideas about how this call is supposed to play. Now, one thing I'll tell you that my uncle told me years ago back during deer hunting and and bird hunting and rabbit hunting, he said, I'm going to tell you something. He said, the way that you get good with a shotgun is you don't swap up your gun during rabbit season you don't swap up your gun during deer season you don't swap up your gun during quail season you hunt with that same gun year round that way that gun becomes second nature to you and you know you get to the point about calling up a turkey with a trumpet the best way i can tell you to do that is leave your pot calls at home leave your box calls at home leave your scratch boxes at home you know Go out with that trumpet call and be determined that, hey, I'm going to learn this call. You know, the same theory applies. You know, you give the bird what he wants to hear and put the call down. Don't get impressed with yourself about how good you sound on this trumpet, you know, and rattle off 35 or 40 yelps over there and then fall into cutting and cackling, you know. Give him what he wants to hear, just enough to keep his interest. And I'll be honest with you, once you kill one by using a trumpet only, your confidence will be boosted, and they can't nobody tell you anything then. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, well, like I said, I 
I know that it's good enough at times when I'm running it to work to call in a, a bird, but then I'll run it again and I think I've got everything the same, you know, I'm holding it in the same place on my lips and feel like I'm drawing the same amount of air in and I'm just not getting anything out of it. So I've got to, I've got to fix that before I'm going to really be comfortable enough to take it in the woods. But, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm determined to do this and going to make it happen one way or the other. Well, one thing, Andy, I'll tell you is never be afraid to carry one to the woods with you because like my buddy Russell Beard says, when a turkey gets ready to commit suicide, you just can't stop him. You know, and so, you know, that is a big confidence booster right there. There's a lot of truth in that statement. When you carry that call to the woods with you, and one thing that I have found is, and, and some people may disagree with me, but now I have found that if I'm running an air-operated call, the, the, the key to it is you want to sound like a turkey. Don't get real enthused with your calling ability, and don't worry about the slip-ups that you make in it, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, and I say that meaning that, you know, you can make a bad call to a turkey on a, on a trumpet, or wing bone, or a yupper, and okay, you didn't hear anything from him whenever you called to him. That doesn't mean that he's left the county. Right. You know, you come back 15, 20 minutes later and make a make a call to him, and he fires right off. And then you notice that he's come up another 100 yards to you, you know, or 75 yards. But I, I honestly believe deep down inside, and I'll say this, and Some people may disagree with me, and that's fine, too. Okay, that is all that I've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of the interview with Mark Sharp, which I feel like is loaded with just turkey calling tips, then you will want to become a subscriber to the premium content of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. And in order to become a subscriber, all you need to do is simply text the word turkey hunter. Make it one word. Do not put a space between the word turkey and hunter. And also, check your autocorrect, because autocorrect likes to put a space between the two words for you. So text that word turkey hunter to the number 44222. Once you do that, I will eventually send you a link that you can click on to create a username and a password on the Podbean application and to pay the $18 per year annual subscription fee. The $18 per year annual subscription fee is going to get you not only the rest of this week's call with Mark, but it's going to get you the premium content for all of our past episodes, as well as the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There's a lot of content locked up under the premium subscription. And I feel like 18 bucks is a bargain and that you won't be disappointed. With all that said, I hope that you enjoyed the call with Mark. I have to tell you that as much as I originally thought that it would be hard for me to get a lesson on playing a trumpet caller by phone and not in person, I learned a lot from this call that's helping me with my trumpet calling. I plan on playing the trumpet for you guys today in hopes of showing that my consistency has improved since talking to Mark. But I came down with a mild cold over the weekend, and fortunately it was mild. But 
It has now turned into a sinus infection like it almost always does. And I'm pretty sure you don't want to hear me gasping for a breath of air after each series of yelps because I'm a mouth breather for the time being. And that's making this episode a little bit more difficult to edit, by the way. (laughs) And another reason is that I put the collar down for a week to keep from reinfecting myself with a cold by putting the mouthpiece of that call in my mouth and spreading my own germs to myself. Anyway, I may play the trumpet for you guys next week. We'll just have to see how much time we have available because I'm going to have a ton of content for you guys from the NWTF convention. Okay, that's all that I've got for you guys today, but I'm going to ask you for my favor of the week. Because we have a few new listeners to the show since the first of the year, if you haven't already done so, if you would, please leave me a five-star rating and a review on your podcast player application that you listen to the show with. That would be awesome. I would appreciate that very much because some people stumble across the show who might be interested in it and read those reviews before they decide to download and subscribe to it. You may have done the same thing. So, return the favor. Help out your fellow listeners of podcasts by leaving a review for this one on your podcast player application. Oh yeah, and don't forget to hit me up in Nashville if you'll be attending. I'm serious. I'd love to meet you, shake your hand, and no, I'm over my cold. This is just a sinus infection. It is not contagious. And I promise not to kiss you anyway. Thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. I know that you have choices. I appreciate you spending your time with us. I hope you have a wonderful week. And I look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.